0: Captain Capitalism himself, the world's only professional asshole, Aaron Clary. We're doing the, we're going to do the sponsors first, um, because I wish to tell you this story. I would like to tell you a story, now! Uh, The Captain Capitalism podcast, the Clary podcast, is brought to you by who? We got businessbuyeradvantage.com you guys would like to go and uh, buy yourself a small business, because I think it's going to be a good investment or retirement, could be, could be, uh, but why don't you be smart and spend uh, at least a couple hundred, certainly worth a couple thousand, hiring uh, David Barnett over at businessbuyeradvantage.com to take a look at your small business that you're interested in purchasing. Um, I would also, uh, if, you, if that's a little bit out of your price range, I would recommend uh Going and taking some of his online classes, going through his YouTubes. But in either case, check out businessbuyeradvantage.com. Make sure that you uh, you know what you're getting into <clears throat> before you buy yourself a small business. Uh, we have the safety doc, Dr. David Paradin, entrepreneurs in cars, Rich Cooper, over on YouTube. Uh, we have O'Shea Jackson. We have a new um, podcaster, TJ Martinell. TJ, if you're listening, everyone can go to tjmartinell.com, but then when they click on the podcast link, it takes you to a dead link. So TJ, if you could please change that, otherwise go to SoundCloud.com and just search TJ Martinell, <clears throat> and then um, you'll find it there. And he's only starting off just now, but he's doing a very good job because he is actually one of the few professional journalists out there. Oh, we're in, we're in Arizona. And uh, kind of like Wyoming, if you don't hate white people, go to certain parts of Arizona and you soon will. Uh, what else are we doing? We're doing this from my truck, and I'll get to why I'm podcasting from my truck in the story later. I just want to bang this stuff out. We got my Amazon affiliate program, we got my books. You guys all know them Reconnaissance Man, Black Man's Got it Out of Poverty, uh, Bachelor Pad Economics, Worthless, Enjoyed the Decline, Curse of the High IQ. And then the latest one that everyone should be reading should be a bestseller, but it isn't because, eh, reasons. Uh, Poor Richard's Retirement. So if you don't have enough saved up for retirement, go to Poor Richard's Retirement. You can find that on Amazon. All available in paperback, Kindle, and audio. Uh, Chad Elkins and his father came out with the Elkins Tax Guide for 2018, and there's an addendum. I don't know um, what it is because he gave it to me, and it's in my other bag which is over at the Talented Mr. Lee's. But if you could, please check out uh, Mr. Elkin's Tax Guide. It's the Elkin's Tax Guide of 2018. Just search it on Amazon. You'll find it. And there's a, an ancillary uh, publication that goes with it. Guy's supposed to retire. His old man was supposed to retire. <laughs> oh, can you tell? Can you hear it? I came to this parking lot to exactly avoid this shit. Oh, God. I got, thank God I got my gun. Thank freaking God. Uh, Not enough bullets though, apparently. I guess there's more than 15 people in this town that need it. Uh, Aaron, where are you in Arizona? I'm actually in one of the nicer areas. One of the nicer areas of the Phoenix area. But I I just, it's just, they're all over. It's all over. It's like rich people with herpes. It's like, I don't care if you're rich. You got herpes. I don't know. Go away. Oh, so we have that. We have uh, more podcasters, League of Extraordinary Podcasters, Pushing Rubber Downhill. Also, the books by the same name, Pushing Rubber Downhill, and Run Guts, Pole Cones by Adam Piggott. He is on sabbatical because I think him and his wife are purchasing a piece of property in Europe. Uh, Check out Michael Kingswood's books. The only non-communist science fiction writer. Michael Kingswood, you can find him on Amazon.com. Kerry Lutz's uh, Varo Podcasting is also available for sale, and so is Glorious Carl's book, Trade the Ratio. Uh, We have tapwhiskey.com. That is Rolo Tomasi's. Um, My God. I need to update my sponsor list, my remote sponsor list. Uh, But Rolo Tomasi, you can find him at the Rational Mail. And he has several books out, basically the best of his blog, you could find that on Amazon.com. Just search Rational Mail. And <clears throat> assholeconsulting.com. You guys know that. Jacobsadultplayground.com. Go there first before you go to Vegas so you save yourself some money. You could easily f- uh, save the cost of your flight If you go there first, it's basically, if you want to do... I know it sounds, ooh, adult playground, that sounds naughty. No, no, it's... I mean, yeah, if you want to go to strip clubs, certainly there's there's certainly, you know, rated X things you can do if you want, uh, want. But he's more about, like, where to go for parties, how to get limo service, stuff like that. My God, these fucking hicks. These fucking hicks. Don't you just love it when men under 30 race out of a parking lot or race in general with their shitty fucking cars? Yeah, like your Chevy Malibu. Your 2002 Chevy Malibu, pal. That's that's really got to impress the you do. with your four-fucking-cylinder engine. Thank God I never did that. Conservativebrew.com. If you need coffee, go to conservativebrew.com. We got Chad Elkins at elkacpa.com. You know Chad. It's tax season. Go talk, contact him. Do not contact him if you're the type that... Uh, Files extensions, or you've filed extensions in the past, or you just know you're going to file an extension in the future because you're a lazy fuck. Um, Here's the League of Extraordinary Podcasts. 405media.com, Obsidian Radio, Financial Survival Network, Contotalk, BlowMeUpTom.com, Cynical Libertarian Society, well, V Speaks, that's still on there, Uh, Mitch Berg on 1280 AM, The Patriot, and uh, O'Shea Jackson on YouTube. Sorry this if this is just coming off as, as Aaron is very angry because I am. Again, this story is coming later. we just got to go through this. Uh, we have my two classes, the Analysis, Evaluation of Stocks, and Stocks, Bonds, Investing. Oh, my. Check those out online. Yes, you have to pay for them. Yes, they are expensive. But if you don't know anything about investing or retirement planning or finance, or you want to learn how to value, analyze, and research stocks, it's worth the $100, 120 dollars or whatever it is nowadays to go online. Be on your best behavior. We don't talk politics there. I keep those worlds separate. Uh, but I know a lot, of, a couple of you have. Um, and if if you do take the classes online, because uh, that's the only way to take them, drop me a hint that I that you know like <clears throat> say, hey, Cappy, don't 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 make no political statements, but just like, hey, what's up, Captain? Then I ah ah I see I see you're one of my guys. You came over. Because I'm I've, I've always curious, I've, I have a feeling I've brought in at least a hundred new students, um, and they're all. well, you got these offline activities that are online, and I don't. I like, yeah, I, I bring in plenty of business. Don't worry. Um, but yeah, just search those by title. You can take them wherever it's cheapest because it's all online. It doesn't matter where you go. All right, allow me to tell you the story. Cappy Cappy comes down from the mountain. Why did Cappy go up the mountain? Well, Cappy, it was a beautiful day. Uh, It's in Phoenix, Arizona. I think it was 68, sunny, literally not a cloud in the sky. And so I went and I hiked over in the McDowell Sonoran. Atham, look this up. The McDowell Sonoran Preserve. It is to the immediate west of Thompson Peak, which I was kicking around uh, hiking, but the the park closes at... uh, five and I didn't start the hike till one and, and I'm not gonna get up that high and to be honest I got to Bell Pass I think you start at 1200 feet and I got up to what is Bell Pass 2600 feet it got steep quick and then I look at the map they give you at the at the park entrance I'm like okay I, I did the math and I basically had to go up the exact same amount of altitude to get to Thompson Peak but in about a third of the distance and it was already pretty vertical by the time I'm like screw this I'm not I'm not going to bag peaks today um I just want to enjoy a nice brisk hike that's all I wanted there's sometimes when captain wants to go and conquer I see that top of the peak I want to climb that they got that's the, way, the radio tower see it's got the radio towers on it. That way you know it's the tallest one. Those are the best ones to climb. You can say, I climbed that. Grab my little nieces and nephews, fly them out here one of these days. When I was, hey, your, your uncle hiked that, and you hiked that one. Let me tell you about the great hike up to the South Mountain Radio Towers. Anyway, I was looking at Thompson Peak. I did the math. I'm like, oh, hell no. Not only do I, I didn't I didn't feel like it. Probably did have it in me if, like, yeah, lives depended upon it, but... I didn't want to. I was just too damn lazy. I was like, no, I, I already did a brisk seven-mile hike, uh, and that was enough for today. So I got up to Bell Pass, hiking on my way back down. Beautiful day. And uh, the reason I was hiking is because the talented Mr. Lee, who I'm crashing with, he had to work. All my other buddies were busy with the uh, football game or whatever, kids and all that. And let's be honest, how many people can actually keep up with me? Let's be frank and honest. Let's, let's the cap, have the captain pat himself on the back when it's called for. How many people, there's Denver Ben, there's uh, Sergeant Greg and, and, and wife, uh, I, whose name I won't mention, Cindy Crawford, because I don't want anyone figuring him out. Uh, the talented Mr. Lee, but he was preoccupied. Uh, Albuquerque Adam. But you see, they're all over the place. They're all over. Even Paul Mink. Even Paul Mink. The Philadelphia wonder. Wondering why are you still in that shithole. The the great Paul Mink. Uh, who hiked, who, who in the East Coast, they think mountains are 2,000 feet tall. Even he could have done this hike. Uh, so, But they, he's over in Philadelphia. So you, you can't get him. Uh, so I had to do it by myself and, uh, you know, this is wonderful. Downloaded the great one, downloaded Adam Pickett, downloaded the Beckloff. How even the Beckloff might have been able to make it on a good day. Uh, and I was just binging on podcasts and it, and it's fun, but it's one way communication. It's very meditative. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. It's cool. It's nice. It's sunny. It's beautiful. Hiking, getting exercise. You feel alive. I even listened to, um, Uh, the BBC has a a podcast y'all should probably listen to in addition to the League of Extraordinary Podcasters um, called In Our Time with Melvin Bragg. I learned about the siege of Malta. Guess who was trying to seize it? It wasn't the Chinese or the Laotians. Anyway, uh, and I'm learning and I'm like, I I come down off the mountain, I get out of the park just in time right before they close it, and the game wasn't going to start for a little bit. And I was invited to go to this party with the talented Mr. Lee. But he says, oh, the lady who's hosting it, she's going to be late. like, that's all right. I don't really want to sit for a three-hour game. I'm going to stop at a cigar lounge on the way back to the joint. So I stop at the cigar lounge. I get myself a short cigar. Didn't light right. I mean, it lit right, but it burned unevenly. That Don't even get me started. That's a whole other podcast about finding the perfect cigar uh, but one thing that really annoys me is when it burns unevenly that means they didn't pack the tobacco equally so you get this really where you want it to burn straight you want it to burn uh, perpendicular to the length of the cigar not not all of them do that perfectly a nub will do that my Cusano m1s that i keep singing praises about but you can't find them they do that but I got this um, this other one. I forgot what, what the name of it. I'm, I'm not going to smoke it again. That's why I didn't save the um, the wrapper. Uh, but it wasn't burning right. And minor thing, minor thing. So I go outside to sit and enjoy a cigar where it's warm enough to do so because I'm not in fucking Minnesota. So too old a giant. And when you go to the cigar lounges, you go there for the cigars, yes, but you also go there for the wisdom. All right? Great line. If you have never been to a cigar lounge, and you want to ingratiate yourself to the, the to the guys there, we're predominantly guys, or morning coffee. If you happen to be a morning coffee type of guy, you happen to be a freak like me, you're already at the stage. You know, you're at stage 65. And what I mean by stage 65, you're already you're at the equivalent age of wisdom of a retired man, which is where I fucking am, because I played my fucking cards right. So I got to go seek wisdom from the elders. So I'm at stage 65. You go where the 65-year-olds are. Okay, morning, they're in coffee. Opening line, whether it's a cigar lounge or a coffee store, you say, is this, you walk in, you say, is this where they're dispensing the wisdom? And that gets them right there. They'll start laughing, They like because because you're showing. You're showing respect. You're showing, hey, is this where all the old guys gather? And they dispense the wisdom. But then it's also a joke where they kind of know, hey, he knows that we're gathering here. We got where they." <laughs> I don't know, but we got wisdom, you know, that kind of thing. And then you're already in, you know, not, not, they don't trust you implicitly, but they're like, all right, all right, this Hanyaker over here, he, he can smoke with us. So I go in, grab a cigar, go out, and there's two guys out there having a, a conversation. <clears throat> I did the wisdom joke on the inside. They all got a kick out of it, but I want to sit outside. So two guys out there smoking and the one guy gets up, he says, ah, I got, I got to get going. I'm like... Well, you could have another cigar. And he's like, no, I gotta get back to the wife. And I'm like, oh. So me and the the last guy remaining, we get to talking. Turns out, ex cop retired, still uh, participates, I'm not going to mention his name, don't want to give him away. Um, uh, and uh, just a real interesting fellow, especially if you put 20 years on the police department, but he's still active, he's still involved in training, and his primary goal or mission or a role or activity or what he really cared the most about was getting young cops up and trained and ready to be good cops that's what he wanted to, he was concerned about raising or bringing about the next generation of cops and we were talking and, and yeah you know, I never worked for the police department but I've worked with I've worked for police departments not as a cop work security and just chit chat oh, what about reserves what about this and he was talking about how they are having a hard time <clears throat> finding reliable young men and women to be cops. That he didn't say this. Don't put words in his mouth. Don't try and figure him out. But basically, the millennials were so spoiled. It's not that they're trying to be evil uh, or trying to be corrupt. It's that they're so dumb. They're so ill-reared. That they have no moral compass. So, in other words, a truly corrupt individual knows exactly what they're doing. Whereas, these millennials are like, well, I don't know, I don't know what's going on, I don't know. I'm like, these are cops? It's like, these are cops? I'm like, they went through the police, okay? He's like, yeah. And another thing he was talking about was how like, they all got their damn phones. Like, their cell phones. They're bringing their cell phones into training. They say, leave your cell phones out. You're not going to have your cell phones here. And he says, next time you're driving and you see a cop, you know, you pull up next to a cop. He says, look over. He says, I bet you half the time you're going to see him futzing with their phone. I said, no way. He's like, yeah. I said, well, I don't really, you know, eyeball cops. You know, I don't want <laughs> to get pissed, get them pissed off. But now I am going to look. Anyway, that was a concern of his. And his concern, he was not slamming on these young cops. He wasn't saying they're no good. He's saying he can't believe how hard it is to train this next generation and the, the amount of remedial training. And how they just don't get it. Where it's like, you're a cop. Put down your damn phone and go protect the population. Look for crime. So he cared about the community. He also cared about their careers. He doesn't want them getting uh, demoted or reprimanded or anything like that. So just real fascinating. Where I'm kind of like, well, that's really interesting. And we're chit-chatting. And a kind of guy where he had interesting things to say. Which would beget get. Curiosity on my part and then I'd ask questions or make an observation or draw some parallels the same. I drew one parallel. Um, He was talking about, what was it? Um, that That the training is like you have to be harder on these kids, kids, you know, under 25 year olds. And I said, that's interesting because I make some money very similarly being hard on people with a company called Asshole Consulting. He thought that was a hoot. (laughs) But in other words, there there was enough of a story, but more importantly, intelligence and thought on the part of this guy. That when he spoke, you would like to hear what he had to say. And it wouldn't be just like he's blathering in the back. old man cop. All right. All youngins don't know how to train. But you were curious, you were interested, and in, not that you were hinging on every word, but you paid attention and then asked a follow-up. In other words, you had a conversation. So my cigar ended, and we were just chit-chatting. And you know, he's like, Well, yeah, we're going to go to this cigar lounge, or go to that cigar lounge. I say, Well, I'll probably see you later. And shook hands. He wanted a business card. So <clears throat> I hope to run into him later. Heck, maybe even look me up and download this podcast. Hey, that's me. He did not sound like that. Anyway, so. Got to talk to the old man cop, you know, old retired cop. That's pretty cool. Looking at time. Okay, now I got to go to the football party. Get a text from the talented Mr. Lee. Hey, the lady is there now throwing the party, which was the first flag. That should have been the first sign. I knew something was up. And in the back of my mind, I kind of did. So I drive up. I'm like, well, how can you be late to your own football party? Like, how do you miss the kickoff? So, uh, me and the Talented Mr. Lee, we grab our party favors, we drive off to the party, we walk in, and there's no one else there but the lady who's hosting the party. And there also happen to be seven, no less than seven dogs, eight if we included the one in the garage. And, of course, Khan, if you know the Talented Mr. Lee... He doesn't warn you until you're right at the, oh, I'm at the She owned like eight or nine dog. <laughs> like, uh, Con, uh, I'm allergic to dogs. Are they long-haired? And he's like, ah, oh, you'll be fine, i the And so, and we walk in, and there's no one there. Game's about halfway over. and eh, not halfway. They're a full quarter in. They're in the second quarter, almost the end of the second quarter. No one's there. There's no food. There's no nothing. We brought in the food. We don't want to bring in any food and the hostess reliably informs us that some people did show up but they left right away they just stopped in to say hi you know and then they left and so i figured out then very soon why they left for while i'm trying to watch the game you know i'm not i'm not a big sports ball fan and the only interest i had in this game was to see the vikings lose which whoo <laughs> score <Skull! laughs> You fucking retards with your fucking government stadium. Well, the Vikes sure made it this time, guys. Anyway, uh, I'm trying to watch the game a little bit. Trying to also be social. And she immediately started becoming one of those people. And what, What I mean by one of those people is one of those people who can literally suck the oxygen out of the room. I know literally doesn't mean that. Please don't fucking with you fucking grammar nerds, get on my case about it. Where you can just feel your energy being drained and you're not doing anything. You're just sitting there drinking a diet soda pop. You know, unlike the cool, the, the the cop guy, the retired cop guy, you know, you feel, I've, even though I came off the mountain, I came off the mountain, tired, exhausted, you know, yeah, I was sitting, I felt more mentally and spiritually energized after having that conversation with him than before. It, it wasn't because I was resting. It was This was a genuinely, intellectually stimulating individual. There was conversation. And I know you guys all think the old captains was crazy. And I always refer to uh, the last samurai. But the everything, the only thing that matters outside of love for your, your spouse and your loved ones and your kids and all that, and I, on a plutonic level, on a social level, the only thing that matters is conversation. Heck, the only thing that matters is with, your, with your significant other is conversation. Well, and sex too. But for friends, for general socializing, the only thing that matters is other humans and how humans interact is through conversation. <coughs> that guy had it. This gal was the antithesis. If these two ever met, it would be like matter and antimatter touching. There'd be this massive explosion. Because all she did was talk. About what? About anything that didn't interest you or was of any interest to anyone at all. Let's say you had Stefan Mouinou come in. That man could talk for hours. I would listen to him. Actually, it's called his podcast. Let's say the old captain came in. I might be able to entertain you guys and be ceremony of hosts or host of ceremonies. Kind of keep you entertained a little bit for 15 to 30 minutes. If I'm on fire, maybe an hour. But I would usually talk of things of interest to you. And maybe even ask things about yourself. Nope, not this one. Nope. Constant fucking vampire. An intellectual Vampire. And talking about, and I I zoned out because I've learned with these people, <clears throat> you just zone out. You don't even have to, and this is very important for you younger people out there, maybe even those of you who are older. These people are out there. Uh, you will run into at least half a dozen of them, at least. And it doesn't matter if you respond to them or pay attention to them because they either don't care or are incapable of caring to respond to what you're saying. They are not capable of conversation. Even though that is a human being, genetically, if we were to sample genetics and blood and whatever, and we have an official doctor or zoologist come and say, that's a human. That is not a human. There's not a human brain there because there is no interaction. It is a vampire. It is not a succubus. It is a a mental leech. It only consumes and never gives back. And so, whereas you might have this, you might be uh, this huge compunction. This, you'll have this great incentive to respond, to talk, to answer their question, maybe guide the convert, maybe fit a little bit. It's pointless. It's pointless. Don't let that person's presence compel you into interacting with it. And so, what I've learned through probably the dozen or so people like that, when I've tried to, especially on dates, that happened probably that's your first exposure to it, with boy or girl. So that just talks about themselves non-stop is you you start to realize nothing you say sticks. You might as well be speaking Chinese. they're not going to respond't and it, it's, it doesn't matter if they don't care or that they're incapable. It's the fact you're wasting your fucking time and your finite fucking life trying to have a conversation with someone who either is not going to have a conversation it doesn't want to have one or is incapable of doing it. And so I sat for like a fucking Buddhist monk, guys, sitting on top of a fucking cloud. I tried to sit there and just watch the game. And I never wanted to watch a game so much because, oh my God, the stuff she was talking about. Me, 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 me. Money, money problems. Me, 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 me. Money, 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 me, 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 me. Oh, the celebrity she knew when she was younger and all this other stuff and how she wants to do this and she wants to do that. And I don't want to identify too much because I don't I, again, I don't want to identify the person. But you want to talk about what you ladies want to avoid. You want to talk about what you men want to avoid. You want to avoid becoming the 63 year old overweight zero net worth, no assets, working as, I don't know, a waitress, some fucking no job, and hey, look, I don't care if you're a minimalist, you work a job. As long as you work your job, the great one himself, he doesn't make tons of money. He doesn't have to. He's a minimalist. But he also doesn't complain about money because he saves his money. You don't want to be the 60 plus person where your kids don't want to hang out with you. No one wants to go to the party and you fucking take any people kind enough to show up to your place fucking mental conversational hostage, just so you can use them as a tampon for your mental therapy session that maybe you don't have enough money to go see a therapist. If you're incapable of realizing that the world is not about you, and that true joy and happiness is through the conversation and the interacting with other people's minds... If you can't figure that out, and it's all about barfing, just... On, on dumping on these poor innocent victims your problems, which you have no intention of solving, no desire, no will, no work ethic, nothing. And you, all you get out of life is dumping your shit on other people's lives. Because, I don't know, I don't know how that stimulates you intellectually. I just don't. I understand how... Saying the occasional thing about you, or expressing the occasional observation or philosophy you have, might be interesting. That's why I find podcasts me doing a podcast interesting. But for those of you where it's just, and I knew, I knew another. Well, I don't want to mention people's names, of course, again. But I was related to somebody uh, that now deceased. Her entire life didn't didn't recognize it as a kid, but her entire life was all about complaining. About her life. And I don't mean complaining about things that are worth complaining about. National debt. Future of America. And even sometimes that starts to get a little bit boring. This is why, again, I've kind of really checked out. <laughs> I didn't know the government was shut down until Sunday morning. <laughs> is the government shut down? Oh. Well. Enjoy the decline. And sucks to be you guys. Uh, where was I going with that? Uh, oh. Oh. I can understand it, it, it if if you you want to say the occasional interesting thing of yourself. Politics though is getting a little bit tiresome, so I don't. But I understand why you guys. Government shutdowns an important thing. You guys are worried about the future. I, I understand why you. But, but my God, what is your life like, where you never entertain the thoughts and ideas of other people? I mean, I am. I, I look. I'm not gonna. Don't want to sound whiny or complaining or cry. I'm lonely as hell out here, especially after that. Because you're out... Let me explain something. This is why I got to tip my hat to the likes of Roosh, Andrew Henderson. uh, uh, He's that nomad capitalist. uh, Matt Forney. Guys who really go out there and travel on your own. Like, you really just strike out on your own. You want to see this. Read through Roosh's book, uh, Dead Bat in Paraguay. You're out there by yourself. And humans are not meant to be by themselves. Now... Of course, real men and women know that there are going to be times you will be by yourself, right? And you that galvanizes you. Being on your own, being by yourself galvanizes you, makes you a stronger character, a more interesting person, a more insightful, uh, introspective person uh, in the long run than someone who's constantly attention whoring either in person or on the interwebs or the social medias or whatever. All that being said, it doesn't change the fact that when you, you know, oh, Cleary, how must be tough driving all around the Southwest, hiking and in, in the warm weather. No, it's not. It's better than being by yourself in Minnesota. But for those of you, especially for those of you self employed who work at home, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Where you are bored out of your mind, everybody else is at work, and you're kind of like, hey, what's going on? What's going on? Hey, guys, anyone want anyone to get lunch? But then you go out to a different environment. You add the loneliness more than what you're supposed to have um, through the normal course of a nuclear family with constantly changing locations. And that kind of screws with your mind. And that, Matt Forney and Roosh and certainly Andrew Henderson uh, can speak directly to that. It just messes with your mind a little bit. Now, if you're a strong enough individual, you build resilience over that. I also think younger people... Uh, have a natural built-in resilience because you're just struggling to stay alive. People in the military, obviously you're away from home. Maybe you're all by yourself on some one-man patrol or something like that. It gets lonely. Uh, but it does take a toll on you. And you're just like, oh, you know, you get that blessing where you talk to the old cop like, hey, some re- I came down off the mountain there were certainly a couple other hikers I saw, but you don't sit and talk to them. You're listening to your headphones. Hey, how you doing? Step out of the way, hope there isn't a rattlesnake in that rock you just stepped next to. But then you get down you like, ah, a breath of fresh air. A good conversation with with a good man or a good gal. I, I suppose women are capable of good conversation, too. <laughs> And you're like, oh yeah! And your brain is stimulated. The neurons fire. You gotta use different parts of your brain. You're, oh, that's interesting. Ah, you draw conclusions. You deduce new uh, conclusions. You push the frontier and the understanding of humanity in this particular unique niche. And then you walk away. I'd say an improved person, or at least a more knowledgeable person. Like, oh, that was good. That was good. Then to have, and then remember, you're, you're you're okay. Hey, hey, I talked to that one guy. That was really neat. You're still a little weakened. You've still been out on your own for a month. Hell, my God, if you're rouge and you're in South America, you don't speak Spanish. Woo! The solitude there. Then you go to the vampire. <laughs> then you go to the person who is not a host. Hostess. Has no intention of being kind or polite or inquiring. Wants to use you... As a rag to sop up his or her problems, and already in already your weakened state, you just get even weaker and more depressed. And you're like, "God damn it! God damn it!" I was trying my best to give my friends guff on the facebooks and the twitters about Minnesota. Every time that uh, the what was it, who they're playing, they're playing uh, the Eagles. Every time they score, or get a an interception. I just put "school" and I, you know. How many times does seven go into thirty-one? Oops, thirty-two. Yeah, and uh, just you yeah, pick it on them, and but it's not the same. It's not the same. You need people to be in contact with personally. It's why if any of you see me ever come visit through town, you know the glorious Carls and and uh, the Beckloff's and all you, and I'm just like, hey, how's it going? Yeah, man, let's get dinner, because they've been they've been out the pasture for a while but out there wandering the desert a bit with Moses and the gang. Except I know where I'm going. Don't text me biblically that he was forced to wander. I know, I know. But trust you me, and as employment, a remote location independent employment, like you can work from home, as working from home becomes more and more common, which it should, which it is absolutely much healthier and better for you mentally and physically than sitting at a fucking commute and wasting your time out there, it's much better. You need to get human interaction. You need to have some kind of tribal interaction. And it is a problem. Mark my words, this is a problem that's coming down the pipe. I tried warning people, gosh, 15 years ago about worthless degrees, maybe even 20, I'd have to go consult notes from before the time. Housing com bubble, you name it, you name it guys gals this is coming down the pipe all right talk to anyone who's out there who's who's a, 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 a what is it the digital nomad oh it's great when you're in your 20s I suppose when you're 21 22 yeah go explore you got the energy and everyone's at your same age once you hit about 25 26 27 definitely in your 30s and you're, you're remotely location, independently employed, and you don't have a bunch of other people around you, you ain't got family, either through a formal one, be it, uh, I'm not, don't think I'm advocating that y'all get married. I'm just saying a nuclear family, you got a spouse, maybe some kids, Rudracks, or a good, healthy, um, what we call, not secular family. Um, what's the opposite of familial? Social friend, a, fr- a family of friends that you can you can interact with, you can socialize with. If you don't have that, your body, your mind, well, not your body, your mind will start taking a toll. There is a price to pay. And just heed these reports from the front lines and the frontier from us pioneers out here wandering around in the Arizona. Ironically, all these people, all these people, try looking up stuff to do. Salsa dancing, go to the salsa club, way too loud. Actually, I didn't. Long ago, I did go and I'm like, this is way too loud. You're not really going to dance. You're looking to be social. Cigar lounges. Pretty good place to go. Not saying it's bad, but you can't have a cigar every freaking night. Especially if you want a podcast. Your throat don't last that long. So my friends, hey, my friends got friends. They got friends. No, they got all weird old fucked up friends. And that was another sad draw, uh, 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 conclusion that I drew. Is in combination, combining what the old retired cops said about these millennial cops just not with it just having no clue and the increasingly fewer and fewer people you're going to meet in in the real world that are and the increasing or maybe the stagnant but the only source of real intellectual equals you could find is on the internet i'm wondering if it's just damn well near impossible now to make friends for truly intelligent truly interesting people if it's just impossible to make friends in a physical location because it's just not a critical mass of enough people. Or that you're going to have to use the internet to find them. Or perhaps, here's another thing, perhaps we've been so spoiled with the friends that we've made on the internet because the internet has been such a a great screening tool, you find these people, like I know we all bust DT's balls about him being Eeyore and depressing. You all like DT, you're all sad that he got rid of the Black Brigade. We're all sad that that him and the man didn't get to you. We all know the great Matt Baldoni. And trust you me, if you all met at some point in time, in a, you'd be like, wow, that's a really great guy. You'd have the exact same conversation as I did with the, Well, not the exact same conversation, <clears throat> but you would be as intellectually stimulated as uh, that conversation was with the cop. But what do you have to do to do that? See, that was a fluke, finding the guy like, holy cow, that was cool to talk to you. Many years ago when I was in my 20s living in Chicago, that, that could happen. I went to Kelsey's. and went to other places. You play pool. You run into some really interesting people. That was 20-odd years ago. Now, all those people are married, hooked up, dead, indebted, kids, kidded. What is it if you are with kids? You have been kiddized, ized you, you cannot go out and... They're no longer able to be social. They got their own stuff going on. So, you can But then the millennials, oh, my God, you guys... You guys are so dysfunctional. And Gen Z, I guess, is coming up next. You guys don't have anything but your cell phones, but the internet. Hell, what was it? Two-thirds don't even haven't even dated by the time they're seniors in high school. And as great as it is to meet people online, and as it may spoil you with the element like the high quality of intriguing, interesting intellectual friends that you can find online because, well, that's that's what the internet does. It self-filters. So you get these really interesting people. It does not make a substitute for meeting in meet space. This is why you have meetups. And then when half the people show up, you're like, oh shit, half you guys are fucking retarded. Jesus. Half of you live at home with your parents still. God, all fucking mighty. Oh. You gotta meet these actual people. Hey, how you doing? How's it going? I see you. You hear the voice, the inflection, not text. Hey, let me buy you a drink. Hey, this is my buddy Jim. You shake Jim's hand. Uh, you make a funny joke. Ah, that was a good one. And then Bob punches you in the shoulder. Or oh, there's there's a gal there, Tina, and you do a great dance. and She maybe gives you a little hug goodbye a little bit longer than you were expecting. Maybe even pinches your ass. Oh, wait, that would be sexual harassment by today's standards. But trust you me, guys, it's common. I know you're all aiming for that, you know, digital nomad, work from home, no commute, no fucking boss. I guarantee you the life is way better than the baby boomer boss bullshit of the 90s and the 80s. Way better. But again, nothing is perfect. I I said it before, one of the greatest quotes I've ever said. As I said, the definition of success is taking your problems and replacing them with slightly lesser ones. And that is the definition of success. There's no perfect. There's no perfection. None. There will always be something wrong. Always. Always. I mean, look look at one of the biggest hurdles of humanity. Hunger. God almighty, 99.9999999% of the human existence has been fighting hunger. Well, we solved it now. Now what's our problem? Too much food. There is no perfect. Only Zul. No, there is no perfect. Uh, Just be prepared. And And then hopefully you guys will, you know, my generation's on the way out. We're not going to be like the baby boomers, clinging on, thinking we're going to hold on forever. I want a heart replacement. Fuck that. Uh, but hopefully you youngins who are listening, which are very few, I'm not thinking any of the youngin' generations, There, <clears throat> as a generation, it's hopeless. The, the generation as a whole, no one's going to solve these problems. But you, true independent philosophical thinkers, you, those of you on the vanguard, you will solve these problems. You will, you will take this big problem of the problems of being self-employed and remote location and the lack of human interaction and human, human intellectual stimulation. You're just going to take the lack of smart people that are interesting that want to hang out with you <clears throat> or can hang out with you. You'll fix it, but there will be something else. There will be something else. Don't know what it will be, but that's, that's what you'll have to do when you get there. Um, all right, uh, we got, a, I got some new sponsors here. Let me do a second segment. All right, uh, I want to introduce two, not so much sponsors, but people helping me out. Uh, So I intend to help them out. Uh, XYZ, um, this is an Australian publication. I'm sure if you just search XYZ, they call ZZ over in Australia down under, and I think. All the British Commonwealth that didn't fight a revolutionary war against them. I don't know what they say in India. But anyway, XYZ, search Australia XYZ, you'll find them. They're kind of the... Uh, Manosphere of the uh, of the Australian world Um, they run ads for me and then um, Adam Piga put me onto them, he said you might want to check out these guys and then where is the other one, where did it go no, meme no, don't tell me I deleted it, no, no no advertising, here we go But, uh, boom! Here it is from Sean. <clears throat> MTFU. Let me. Uh, good. He gave me. He gave me some talking points here. When we started our brand, we just wanted to sell cool T-shirts and hoodies, but the brand quickly became something more than just another apparel brand. It became a symbol for people who were fed up with the direction of our country that our country is going. MTFU is about taking responsibility for decisions and actions. MTFU is about standing up for what you believe in despite what other people think. MTFU is about being the person you were meant to be instead of what other people want you to be. And it has nothing to do with gender, race, or economics. It has to do with living your life to your potential and helping others around you do the same. Lifting each other up instead of tearing each other down. We promise to do our part, but we'll need your help to change the world. Please help by joining the MTFU revolution at MTFUnow.com. Look like empty fun now, but MTFU now.com that comes from Sean so I want to give a shout out to those guys alright the news now listen man I like the news you guys like the news this was originally from the Washington Post sent to me by uh, TJ Martinell of T.J.Martinell.com. life under a growing cloud of student debt Stanton Virginia Sarah Poole sings loudly in the car escapes in... why do they always start out so eloquently I, I know you guys think it's an art form, you journalists, but you're not artists. Just tell us the story about this stupid girl who pissed away all this money on a worthless degree and the horrors that came with it and how you in the journalistic community are going to shirk your duties of trying to warn people about the same fates, but you're just going to use it as a sad sob story. That, we need more money. We need more Bernie Sanders to bail out people for their stupid mistakes. I didn't even read through the whole thing. I just skimmed this article, and it it almost had the air like I didn't know. It's like one of those Daily Mail pieces where they get someone who's so spectacularly stupid. You know, they always do that. You guys still believe in the Daily Mail? You think it's a legitimate news source? It's not. It's a British tabloid. But you guys just can't wait to sop up the the juicy story about the sixty year old sixty two year old cat lady who passed up on the guy and all that. And she's a feminist studies major. This is. It's not the the. Washington Post is not the Daily Mail but I wonder I, I don't know is it—is it just a juicy tidbit that the Washington Post is throwing out there ergo it's kind of a a tabloid or do you do you journalists who is it who wrote this um, by Ellen McCarthy of the Washington Post does Ellen McCarthy actually believe this is newsworthy and this is just going to be another leftist call for other people's money to bail stupid people out of their stupid decisions I don't know But we're going to enjoy her misery anyway. Not McCarthy, but uh, Sarah Poole. Sarah Poole sings loudly in the car, escapes into books and tries best as she can not to think too much about the monster outside her door. The one who demands every extra cent she earns. The one who keeps trying to appease but fears she will never be free of. The one she acquired when she was 25, pregnant, (laughs) and determined to make a good life for the baby on the way. Did she major in engineering? Did she major in accounting? How much you want to bet what she majored in, ladies and gentlemen? You know where it's going. Three years ago when she finished her master's degree, Sarah's student loans totaled $60,000. She has paid steadily ever since and now owns 69000 more than twice the annual income she earns working as a children's librarian. That woman, Sarah, should just be happy that we taxpayers have created this completely unnecessary job for her. She shouldn't even have a job. How do you how do you get a master's degree and you're you're not able how do you get a master's degree and not know how interest works? Oh, I know you go to an American university and you major in the liberal arts. And then you're like, how come I didn't know? I couldn't do exponential or compounding mathematics. I don't know how what is that that little carrot sign? What does it mean to the power? I don't know. To the power of feminism? Yeah. I keep paying, the 31-year-old says, but it's like pouring into a bucket with no bottom. I don't know, maybe get a second job, huh? When Hera was a homeschooled kid in rural Ohio, one of her heroes was the local librarian who ste- steered her towards Madeline Angle, and put aside new arrivals she thought Sarah might like. Fourteen years ago, after getting her undergrad degree in... Anyone? Anyone? Bueller? Bueller? In English, because she didn't speak English in Ohio. She did. That was a foreign language. They don't speak English in Ohio. They don't. Sarah and a few of her friends moved to a farm near Harrisonburg, Virginia. She'd hoped to start a career where she could put her education to use, but had to settle for a job at a yarn dyeing plant. That's the first honest real work you ever did. I'm going to give an olive branch to the leftists and women out there. And, and you, you may not like this olive olive branch because it's not caked in chocolate and good feelings and, and Oprah's vagina. Uh, but if, if you major in the liberal arts and major in something easy, it's going to be harder in the long run than if you just take your, your lumps in your head and bite the bullet up front and major in something hard. Where an English degree? honestly, where did the English degree get her? She works at a job at a yarn dyeing plant. When her friends decamped back to Ohio after a couple of years, Sarah decided to stay in the area, moving to nearby Staunton, where she worked part-time as a library page and supplemented her income with shifts at a coffee shop. <laughs> you can't make it up. Library libraries are they're, they're obsolete. They're completely unnecessary. You don't need them. And now here we are making Make work jobs. Completely make work jobs for predominantly women. There's a couple guys out there that work in libraries. But you guys should be thanking the taxpayer and then having a cup of shut the fuck up because your jobs should not even exist. This is like the toll road workers uh, uh, in Chicago or if we kept the horse and buggy industry alive. Then came the positive pregnancy test. It just came. It just like poof. There it was in the mail. Like you know I'm walking down the street and there's a statistical chance that, blammo, a meteorite comes out of the sky and, boop, right in old Claire Meister's head. And it's the same thing with pregnancy. Poof! It just happens, like meteorites from the sky. Didn't seem to get, uh... Then came the positive pregnancy test and the realization that she had to do better. Her undergraduate degree didn't seem to be getting her anywhere. Seem? No, her undergraduate degree wasn't getting her anywhere. Period. So she enrolled in graduate school to get a master's in, anybody think that young Sarah Poole's going to learn from her mistakes? Of which are accruing at a very rapid rate. It's not like, oh, dang, I, I put premium in, in, in when when regular gas would have done. These are life-crippling mistakes. Majoring in stupid shit, getting pregnant. Don't worry, I know you're all, is she married? Did she marry a stable man with a job? Oh, you guys know the answer to that one. Because women don't need no man fish bicycle trademark. Snap, 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 to the 6, to the 3, to the 12, to the 9. She got her master's degree in education. Because why would you want to work a real job? You're just going to go back to the entire make-work industry that hard-working men and women in the private sector pay extra taxes for so you girls, predominantly, and some men, can all make-believe your actual professionals as teachers. Sarah went to school part-time and continued to work at the library and coffee shop. Her boyfriend took care of their baby, Max, during the day... Oh, boyfriend! Boyfriend, so not husband. Oh, Aaron, you foolish boy. Come on, don't die on me now, there. During the day, and worked at a bakery overnight, student loans took care of tuition, books, and leftover living expenses. Excuse me, why are you using student loans to take care of living expenses? I know Sarah and her boyfriend are not the smartest. They are your rank-and-file liberal arts majors with very low IQs who are never going to read my book, Curse of the Co- High IQ, because they don't have high IQs. But, you know, for us for us normal, intelligent people who, who can do subtraction and addition, wh- wh- why were you guys using student loans for living expenses? It's Bush's fault. Oh, wait, this is during Obama. I guess you can't blame Bush. In 2014, Sarah graduated with a 3.95 grade point average and a $60,000 bill. A 3.95 GPA is not impressive in education. That I mean, I'm not joking. To get a 4.0 in the liberal arts is like taking a piss. It is not that hard. That's not impressive. It's not, it's not an accomplishment. It's nothing to be proud of. It's a pathetic expectation. And a $60,000 bill... After a terrible student teaching experience. Okay, here, this is key. After a terrible student teaching experience. So she was a student teacher. You know, she's, she's about, She spent 60 grand in two years of her life now getting this master's degree. She had to do better for her child. She had a terrible student teaching experience. The sinking feeling that teaching wasn't for her. I was like, oh my gosh, what have I done? She remembers. A few months later, Sarah and her boyfriend broke up the debt and all of max's expenses were on her <clears throat> max being her child how about this sugar cup <laughs> try not to read. how about it doesn't fucking matter what you like anymore if you're such a spineless weak individual you had a bad student tea how hard is teaching working on the yarn dyeing plant must have must have galvanized you a bit and here you are you're you had a ba- oh did, 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 did. Did the little students teach say something bad? Did they call you a name? You can't hack it at teaching? You spent six years and how much of the taxpayers' money getting this fucking... If I was her father, I'd say, you're going to get your motherfucking ass back into that motherfucking school, and you're going to teach, and if you don't, I will leave you in the fucking street. But we can't do that to the children, even though our children are thirty-one. After stints as a teaching assistant and working at a bookmobile. <laughs> this is the career in life that waits for you leftists. This is the career in life that waits for you liberal arts majors. Master's degrees, no less. Sarah was hired full-time as a library assistant in a neighboring town. Well, couldn't you have done... Were you doing that before? Another make-work-government job to bail you out and to bail out your ego so you feel like you're actually doing something and contributing to society that you could have done, heck, with your, with your bachelor's degree in English. Technically, you could have done it with, with an eighth-grade graduate diploma. But I'm sure to make all those women in the library sciences feel educated and, and important, you must have your master's degree. Uh, presiding over toddler story times and teen reading groups. Look at how sad and pathetic. She has paid our taxpayer money to preside over toddler story times and teen reading groups. Volunteers, old grandma ladies whose children have moved out and haven't had grandkids yet, will do that for free. But no, we gotta pay this loser, this variable loser, this parasite upon society, to go and do that as a library assistant. I love my job because I feel like I help people, and it's tangible. No, it's not tangible. You don't, okay, you feel like you help, help people, you don't. You do not. The, the People will read to these kids no matter, and it's not tangible. It's not. You're in La La Land, Sarah you 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 have been so misled by people you presumably vote for and believe in your religion you followed the advice of elderly leftists and academians and professors and and democrats and communists and socialists and librarians I, i'm wondering who this uh <clears throat> the librarian that recommended you read this gal whoever it was i bet you the advice that you followed has all been horrible and yet you're still going to bow down at this altar of leftism aren't you who speaks softly as she brushes away her wavy hair to reveal a Where the Wild Things Are pin attached to her gray cardigan. Wow, a pin. Therapist told the parents of a little girl with developmental delays to take her to story time. The girl became so attached to Sarah that her parents would invite the librarian over for dinner. She did better after they started bringing her all the time. Stories like that where you're actually making a connection with people and you're touching them in some way, are really rewarding. Well, I'm glad us taxpayers could make it so that you guys could have her come over and have dinner. I'm glad that, that we're just making it so... That readers. That's what it, taxpayers are creating. We have a job called Readers. That, what do you do? You read. Really? Yeah, well, how good thing you got that English degree. Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to read, huh? Sarah would not have this job, she knows, if she didn't have an advanced degree. <laughs> Oh, my God, they made you get a master's for that. Yet she has a hard time convincing herself that it was worth the price she continues to pay. Of course it's not worth it. Sarah is on an income-based repayment plan and pays about 280 a month. Without that income-based plan, she'd be paying 780 She feels perpetually on the edge of peril. One car breakdown away from disaster. Sarah buys clothes for herself and max, almost exclusively at Goodwill. Oh, like, like I do today? <sighs> you... <clears throat> There's no solution. She can't go work another job because she fucked up and and just just got pregnant. Like, you know, the meteorite out of the sky. Boop. Oh, my God. I got struck by the pregnancy meteorite. I'm pregnant now. They don't have Wi-Fi at home, only movies from the library for entertainment. Well, yeah. I mean, how hard is that? No meals out or weekend getaways. Yep. You get no matter how much government money comes in, you still have to pay the price. You are still going to pay the price. When Sarah fantasizes about the future, what she dreams about is being able to pay more than the monthly minimum on her student loans. Well, find your dad and your mom. They obviously didn't raise you correctly. You didn't have an abortion. Have them take care of your kid. You work a second job, and then you study. It's called amortization. You get ahead of the rate of amortization. I know that would require you to study something more than where the wild things are. You know, math. But that's 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 where you'd find and then you work a second job. It's just a constant well, it's just a constant worry in my mind. Well, that worry was brought to you by the Democrats and the leftists that you swallowed whole, right? It wasn't it wasn't no Republican saying you should go major in worthless leftists indoctrinated slop, right? She has learned the hard way to bring it up sooner rather than later on dates. It has scared men off in the past. Good! Good. Uh, well, not the student loans. I think the kid probably scares them away a little bit more. But a kid plus student loans? Fuck you. Has scared men off in the past as she wants them to understand the dictating factor in her bare-bones lifestyle. Some hit the door right away. Others casually mention that they owe just as much or even more. Oh Yeah, but they don't have a kid, and they probably majored in engineering. And that's, and there's a wage gap because of sexism. Not because men worked harder and studied harder, more difficult subjects. Uh, then can you see why I don't know if this is a if this is a juicy gossip Daily Mail story or whether this is actually supposed to be a sob story, a leftist piece, a call for more money? It reads the same; it's indistinguishable. Maybe it's both. Then Sarah starts thinking about their student loans combined. That's over a hundred thousand dollars. She'll calculate. Can you add that up? That's a lot of money. I'm glad you get it. But the glimmer of Sarah, wait, that's a lot of money. I'm glad you get it, but, and then it ends. The glimmer of hope Sarah clings to is an enrollment in a public service student loan forgiveness program that would clear her of remaining debt if she puts in seven more years of work with the government and continues to make her payments on time. So you are enslaved to the government. Once again, I'm going to offer a branch of an olive branch to the leftists. Who are you enslaved to? Who put you in this situation? You may not like my tone, but if young Sarah, listen to the old capmeister, if young Sarah hired asshole consulting in 18 said, Aaron, should I major in worthless shit and accidentally get hit by the pregnancy meteorite? I would say, no, carry an umbrella, a meteorite-proof umbrella that would prevent you from getting pregnant. Would she be in this situation today? No, she wouldn't, thank you very much. Oh, even Aaron, you say mean things, mean, 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 mean things, but you actually give a shit more than any leftist, any rank-and-file leftist out there. And professors, indeed. I love it when they're like, My hero is one of my teachers. So you got fucking lame-ass heroes. My hero is John fucking And My hero will beat the shit out of your hero any day. Um, but she's heard horror stories of Bowers being disqualified from the program, which is available to people who work for the government or certain nonprofits after they have paid their loans on time for 10 years because of pa- a paperwork error. But the government is so much more efficient than the private sector. The government can't be doing this. Uh, And she's terrified the program will be quietly eliminated. You mean you'd actually have to pay back the loans you signed and agreed contractually for? Really? You might have to pay the people that you took their money, their time, that they converted into money through labor, and they lent it to you under the understanding you would pay them back with interest, and you're going to violate that. You're going to be a thief, and that's what you are. That is the definition of theft, or at least a contract breaker, which I guess makes you a liar, but you're the victim. Uh, President Donald Trump's 2018 budget proposal did suggest cutting it for new borrowers, but would still forgive debts of people currently enrolled. Man, I should be on the Department of Education. Donald Trump should hire me. Not having the program, she says, would kind of end my life. No, no. You ended your life when you majored in stupid shit, you didn't understand math, you didn't understand compound interest, and you didn't understand fucking without a condom or abortion. Oh, I'll be paying student loans until I'm dead, basically, which is really scary. You mean like all the leftist women whose advice you followed who also have their master's degree and wanted you to be in the company of misery? In the first five years of his life, Sarah and Max moved six times and wound up living with multiple roommates. I'm good. I'm sure that's great for the kid. That's great for the kid. It was just really tough, she says. I wanted to have a stable place for him. When a house across the street from her best friend went on the market last summer for just over 100000 Sarah held her breath and applied for a mortgage. And I still don't really understand how I got approved. Oh my God, you got approved. Holy shit. Just more debt, huh, sweetheart? More debt. Other people's money. Just other people's money. i always bailing you out, huh? Other people's money. Sarah says, while sitting on a hand-me-down couch in that house, which now belongs to her, there are cheerful yellow walls and no rugs on the floors, but Max, now five years old, wears slippers as he plays with his Legos, and Sarah puts socks over her stockings for an extra layer of padding and warmth. I'm still... Nervous that they'll be like, wait a minute, we've made a huge mistake, you have to move out immediately. Don't worry, I'm sure you'll fall behind on your mortgage payments and then you'll be foreclosed upon. Though there aren't any luxuries, Sarah says she and Max don't lack anything they really need. Yeah, I bet you the taxpayer's helping you out there, aren't they? And what they have now is an extra bedroom and love to spare. Max social and chatty, you always go for the, you always just, look at the human factor. Ignore, ignore the fact that you've now put two innocent lives into poverty. Max is cheerful. Constantly clamoring for a younger sibling. <laughs> Sarah adores children in everyday encounters. So many sweet kids that just want somebody to care about them. She has started taking classes to prepare to be a foster parent. I I didn't make it this far, but the, the stupidity. Oh, that's right. You get, You get free government money when you're a foster parent, right? When she can block out anxiety about the debt, what Sarah feels mostly is lucky. She lives in a town that feels like home, has a job she loves, and is the mother of a healthy, happy, healthy, happy, charismatic little boy. Well, at least the kid ain't sick. That's about the only thing worse that could happen to this poor... the, the poor girl, but I'm also worried about the poor boy. I'm worried more about Max. Plus, she's got music and books, and that flickering faith that if she keeps working hard, life will somehow turn out all right. You know, I remember back in... uh. During the Great Recession, you know. Well, hopefully the economy will turn around. I saw that on every banking application. Hopefully the economy turns around. Yep, I hope to. I hope to. There's not there's what there's nothing else to say about this person and her situation. It, it, she's just she is she serves as an example. The best thing she's going to achieve in life is serve as a warning to others. And I still don't know if that was was that was that meant to be a gossipy piece? Was that meant to be a tabloid, juicy piece where we all get to mock and ridicule the idiot, or was it, or was it just some kind of like, well, we need to we need to bail out? They didn't really go with the we need to bail people out like this. I think, I think it was a juicy piece. I don't know, T J. If you're listening, let me know if the Washington Post is, is a gossip column or if that's actually a legitimate publication. Because I don't know, I don't know. All right, that's it. That's all we got for the Clary Podcast. The old Clary Mike's just going to go get himself a cigar because i got to get internet to upload this podcast. Uh, spread the good word of the Clary Podcast uh, out there uh, to friendly, fr- family, friends, loved ones, enemies, and people who you are genuinely indifferent about. And then, f- for the love of God, you know, let's help out the young boys and girls, disproportionately girls, because, again, I'm sexist and I hate women. That's why I'm always trying to help them out with tough love. For God's sake, share that story, share this podcast with a young gal or guy that's about to major in stupid shit. We just don't have time for it, guys. You just don't. Alright, that's it. We'll see you kids later. Toodles.